Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today and every Wednesday as we bring interviews and other episodes about progress, not perfection. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. And thank you for all of those who have left reviews. I'm so grateful for those. If you want to find today's show notes, you can find those on my website, aboutprogress.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at aboutprogress. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode yet, you definitely need to check that out. I have that in the show notes for you. It is with Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife. This is her third time returning to the show. In this particular episode, we talk about how to get over yourself, both internally, with with your relationships, what's inhibiting you from progressing, and how you can get over it. I thought it was a really spectacular interview, as always, and I really recommend you give it a listen. 
Today we will be hearing from Lisa Funk, who is someone I was so excited to have on the show. You might know her from Hand Lettered Design. She is so talented in what she does, but we talk about a lot today how that talent came with a lot of hard work and what Lisa's thoughts are on creativity and how we are all created to create. And that might look different for each one of us. Lisa is also very outspoken about mental health as she has faced many battles of her own in that regard. We talk a lot about how lettering has helped Lisa in her search for overcoming her own mental health struggles and what her views are on those as well. This is a wonderful episode, so let's turn the time over to Lisa. I'm here with Lisa Funk. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Monica. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Can you give our listeners an introduction? Yes. So my name is Lisa Funk. I live in Gilbert, Arizona with my husband and three little kids, ages seven, five, and three. They keep me very busy and uh, we have a lot of fun. And I also stay busy with a little hand lettering business that was a complete accident and a happy one um, that has just been kind of a fun um, outlet and way to bring more meaning to my life and connect with other people and so that's kind of the main things that I have going on. Well we're going to get a lot into this business. I love to hear that you say it was like an accident <laughs> that you got into it so it, yes. I want to know more about that but first for people who aren't familiar with hand lettering can you tell us what it is? Yes so Hand lettering. So I've always loved handwriting. Um, and so people have probably heard of calligraphy. Um, and so all types of handwriting and calligraphy, I would classify as lettering or hand lettering, uh, but not all lettering is calligraphy. So calligraphy would definitely be like a traditional Dip pen with ink would be calligraphy. You can also oh, use a brush pen to create the same types of thin and thick strokes. And then if you want to use a regular pen, you can kind of fill in those thicker strokes to kind of, we call it like kind of faking it, like faux calligraphy. Um, so there's lots of different types of lettering and many of them are attempting to create the same look of calligraphy. So I don't know. That's helpful. But. That's super helpful. So have you, you said you were always into handwriting, but how did you get into lettering? So because I've always loved just doodling and handwriting, I mean, anyone who knows me from high school that finds out what I'm doing now, is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is perfect for you. Yeah. Because I've always loved just handwriting. I was always practicing it. Um, and then it's sort of the same story of how I kind of started my business. But uh, a few years ago, I always loved writing and making chalkboards for my house and stuff. And so uh, I had a friend, Lizzie, um, who was selling stuff at a local boutique, and she would ask me to create chalkboards that, you know, for her products. And they were really cute. And she would say, you know, you should really do these and sell them and create cute ones and sell them and I didn't do that for like three years she would I would always make her chalkboards for her and she would encourage me to do it and finally I was like you know what I'm gonna do it because I was going through a really hard time 
um, in my life. My brother had just passed away the year before. I had just had a baby and right after had a life-threatening blood clot and wow. was in the hospital for a long time. Had to kind of figure out how to walk again and I had a DVT in my leg and clots in both lungs and surgery and anyway. Wow. And at the same time, I had a child who was really giving me a run for my money and mm-hmm. I just felt like everything was out of control. Um, I've suffered from depression and anxiety my whole life. And so you give me a reason, you give me a situation that mm-hmm. can trigger that. And, it's, you know, at least in the past, it was just kind of a no brainer that it was going to, it was going to really be hard. And so I was in one of those moments where as happy as I was, I had a new baby. I love babies. Yeah. I love my family. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. And so this particular year, because it was kind of a boutique, it was every November. And this particular year when, you know, my friend suggested it, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because in the past, I was like, I don't know if it makes sense. I don't know if anyone will buy it. And this time it was not about that. Mm-hmm. It was about me being able to create and um, and just have an outlet. And so so I did that. And um, I got a friend of mine to do that with me. Um, she did some of them. And we sold these chalk art prints and we'd frame them. And anyway, we ended up almost selling out and we thought we had bought enough, you know, to maybe do more than one boutique. And we ended up having to go and do more. So that was a huge surprise and just fun. I mean, I had started an Instagram account around that same time posting pictures of, um, of some of these prints and thinking, Partly, I wanted to just spread light through these messages that, yeah. you know, were inspiring to me. And also, there was a part of me that thought, we're not going to sell all these. So maybe if people follow our Instagram account, we can find a way to sell these after. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, it was kind of like a little bit of both. Um, and then after that, I just kept practicing more and learning more about it because I didn't really know that much about a lot of the techniques of chakra before that or the techniques of lettering. And I discovered that there were a lot of amazing letterers out there and it was just so fun to learn from them and follow them and then just play around with, you know, the tools that um, I was learning about and, and get super frustrated by them for months at a time and <laughs> figure out the tricks, uh, actually how to use them. And, and I just ended up loving it and it became an incredible outlet for me um, a creative outlet for me to just focus on something. My mind, I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. I'm a worrier. And so for me to focus all of my attention on any activity is very meditative in a way that um, focuses my brain and allows, like, is really de-stress, like, it really helps with my stress levels. Um that in and of itself, which was a huge blessing. Mm. And then layered on top of that, I was always searching for words, whether it be scripture or a quote or song lyrics or whatever, someone, something someone said in conversation. All of a sudden, those words became so important to me. I would keep, I kept a, a list of them in my, the notes section of my phone. And I found that because I loved lettering so much, I was then always looking for words that would inspire me and feed my soul. And then when I would go to letter them, it was this kind of therapeutic 
meditative thing. And then at the same time, it was also super meaningful because the words, it was like affirmations. And it was like my subconscious was, you know, really absorbing the meaning and the hope that was inside of them. So that's a really long answer. No, that's incredible. There are so many layers to this, you know, that I want to unravel with you and explore a little more. Um, so for for the skill set to get into lettering, what what does it take in order to become good at it um, for someone who is curious about it? And what has it taken for you? And then I want to get more into those other things that you brought up. Yes. So it takes um, a lot of practice. Uh, you do not have to have good handwriting. That's a huge myth. Um, I've had so many students. Um, I guess I haven't mentioned I teach workshops and online courses. I've had so many students yeah. who have had told me, oh, I have terrible handwriting. I'll never be able to do it. The way we break it down into like drawing, it's almost like just drawing shapes and connecting them together. Um, it's just, it's almost like you're using your brain a little bit differently in the way you think about it. You start out by tracing a lot. You really train your hand kind of to do these different things and I've had so many people just be so surprised at what they could do because it was, it's just learning from scratch, you know, kind of a different way of doing it. It's not like, Oh, you just need to make your handwriting beautiful. It's, it's really just learning some different strokes and how to connect them and create beautiful letters. So, so it takes a lot, but it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. that's (laughs) I I, I believe anyone can learn it and you know, it does take a ton of practice to kind of, learn that hand control and everything and people sometimes will be like oh I wish I had you know and I'm like I don't know if you understand how many hours of practice. yes I mean I I letter every single day mm-hmm. and I've spent on many days I spend many hours lettering so wow. you can't compare yourself to someone who's done it that much and I love it it really mm-hmm. feeds it's really life-giving for me um and so for other people, I don't think they need to spend that much time, but I just also don't think they need to be so hard on themselves about what it looks like if they want to judge how good or bad it is. I mean, for me, it's yeah. all about the experience. Well, they don't need to set limitations on themselves without knowing the full picture um, ahead of time. Yes, yes. It takes time, yes. but if you can embrace the imperfection of it and hmm. just kind of like it really kind of gets you back. We all type all the time. You know, we rarely even write just handwriting, but it kind of takes you back to like, it's an art form that's been practiced for, Mm. you know, so many hundreds of years that connects us, I feel like, to other generations that kind of keeps this art form alive, that uses our brain through our hands to the paper and like with our thoughts and these positive words. Like, I feel like it's, if people can see past the, oh, I just want this to look perfect part, they can just find so much more meaning in it. Well, this is why I wanted you on the show because uh, I I found you through your feed on lettered design. And what drew me to you though, was the depth Um, behind what you're doing, not only the quotes that you choose, but also the, the talking that you do surrounding the quote, but overall the message too of, balance and learning and um, just figuring out what more you can get from it than just making a pretty picture. Um, 
And I love what you just said that about how you have to embrace the imperfections behind learning this art form or else you'll never improve. And there's so much to say on that. Do you have any more thoughts about that? Yes, I, I, I totally stand behind that a hundred percent. I just think that our world is not only filled with um, a lot of type, which is, you know, the same perfect every time, but we just see a lot of what seems perfect and to see a shaky letter or to see two letters that look totally different or to be able to tell that someone did something by hand is so like, I don't know. It's probably just sounds like so cheesy, but it's it's heartwarming. Like it's like that is imperfect and it's handmade and that was made by a human Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't know, it just feels real and raw and like tangible and something that connects us because we can share that. And so I, yes, I love to, you know, perfect my layouts or, you know, balance my designs or whatever. That's, it's fun for me, Mm. but the imperfections are what makes it so endearing. Oh, that's beautiful. And I feel for people who are trying to figure out a creative practice in their own life. It might not be lettering, but just that thought to embrace the imperfections of learning that craft um, seems key to honing a craft yeah. and to getting more out of it than just just the end product. And I like that's what well, you're about. Because, yes. Well, partly because most people quit because mm. it's not perfect enough. Yeah. And so they will for sure never perfect anything or mm. improve or progress if they aren't doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I want my kids to learn and embrace because it's so easy for them to say, oh, I'm not good at that. And mm-hmm. it's just not really how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy answer, right? Um, yes. Is, is just giving up on something because it's not automatically perfect, but also we're missing out on so much growth in, in, in going through that dark imperfection or in, what am I trying to say? That dark, like imperfect road of learning a craft. That's how you grow. And you're, that's, that's why you seem to get so much out of what you do and to be so fulfilling. Yes. So you, you said how, I mean, this really is an art form. This isn't just uh, text. There, there is a whole history behind it, as you said. Did before you started lettering, did you consider yourself artistic? I've always loved like crafty things, creative things. I've always like had this kind of inside of me. I knew I was creative, but I definitely would not have considered considered myself an artist. Um, and I'll, I know a lot of artists who have a hard time calling themselves artists. Um, so, so I don't think that that's unusual. Um, but I just, I think that as I became, um, more involved with lettering and I felt comfortable calling myself a lettering artist. And then I knew that all these things kind of spill over into each other. And I am an artist at heart. I, I love these creative things. I want to, you know, learn more watercolor and, you know, acrylic painting and all these different pieces but I just think the way that we live our lives and um put things together you know I really do believe that we're all creative and um so now I feel more comfortable um kind of not categorizing not categorizing myself but identifying with that than I used to 
So do you think in your experience, can creativity be something that's cultivated? I do. I really do. And I think it's, you know, I meet a ton of people who say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not creative. Um, And maybe they never will find that, you know, painting or drawing is what really fulfills them, but they are creative in the way that they solve problems or put things together or organize or, you know, I just think that we can think about creativity a little bit differently um, in the, in that we, we have all been created. We are created to create. I really believe that. Mm, Absolutely. You know, you said something recently um, on one of your posts that I looked at right before we started talking. Um, One of the things you lettered said, feel the doubt, do it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that applies so much to your own journey in learning this art and spreading it too as a business. So what are some thoughts that you have on that? Feel the doubt, do it anyway. I think that we have dreams. I think that our dreams that we have are for a reason. I think that we um, have things we're meant to do and gifts that we're meant to share. I believe that for everyone. And that doesn't mean that it needs to be on a huge scale. Um, But I do believe that everyone has these kind of little dreams or or ideas or things that they want to do. And if they're Lots of times, if they're worthwhile, you're going to have doubt come in. And for me, um, what that looked like was, even though I had a dream of doing something, I still doubted that I was qualified. So, like, I had a dream of, this was, you know, a long time ago, not a long time ago, but, you know, a couple years ago, before I had started teaching workshops, I had listened to something that said, when you have a big big dream you need to write it down and you know people talk about this but for some reason when I heard that I was like I'm gonna do it and I wrote down on a piece of paper I would love one day I would love to teach a lettering class Hmm. and at the time I didn't feel like I was all that like I still was figuring out how to use brush pens at the time um and the very next day I got a phone call to teach a chalk art class <laughs> and it was literally the best day that is and so great I was just and it was someone who had just seen my stuff on Instagram I shouldn't say got a call got a message yeah. and it's someone who just seen my stuff on Instagram and she you know had this girls group that got together every month and they had different things they learned and I could not believe it and I you know I don't know that I felt like totally ready and, mm. you know, with a curriculum and what it was going to be and all this stuff. And, but I just said yes, because yeah. that was my dream. And so there have been several times when I've thought, am I qualified to do that? Are people going to think that I, you know, but I knew that it had taken me forever to learn certain things and that I didn't want it to take forever for other people and that I wanted mm. them to, be able to have tools that were going to make it less frustrating. And yes, they were still going to have to put in the effort and the work and the time, but that they wouldn't have to, you know, get stuck at certain spots that I had felt stuck at and that I spent months figuring out and I wanted to just share those secrets with them. Okay. So you said something about how, you know, you had to say yes, even though you didn't feel ready, quote unquote, ready. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that comes up so often, I think, in uh, so many pursuits that I uh, talk to people about. 
I love that you did have a dream, though, that you did specify in your mind where you wanted to see yourself, but you didn't specify Mm -hmm. how to know, you know, you didn't put limitations on yourself uh, to get to that point, if that makes sense. Like, I have to be able to do this and this and do this really well. Okay. And you talked about how it was an, it became an accidental business. So let's talk about how that, what was the pathway to that and how they all kind of interplay with this thought? Yes. So I will um, try to be straightforward and get to the point here because I have so many different little stories, but basically what happened is I did that first boutique. I kind of got me more into chalk art and lettering and um, as I kept practicing, I decided to post what I was um, inspired by and what I was practicing every day on Instagram. And as I was doing that, I was still kind of, you know, doing a few little boutiques here and there, um, selling prints. And when I would post things, I started noticing that people weren't saying, can I buy this print? They were asking me what pen I was using. Huh. And so I was like, huh okay, they, you know, and I wasn't like trying to push prints online or anything at the time, but I realized everybody that was, most people that were following me really wanted to learn how to do it themselves. And so I thought, oh, well, that would be really fun to teach. And so because of that, there was so much interest that I said, you know what, let's do a workshop in a local boutique here, um, like a shop here, um, did like workshops in their store and they asked if I would come, this was after the little kind of chalk art night with the girl at someone's house. Um, this was a few months later and this shop asked if we would come um, teach a, teach a lettering workshop. And I just, it was like, okay, yes, because there was demand. And so mm-hmm. I hadn't necessarily, like I had had that little dream of it, but I wasn't, doing it even though I you know I could have just put it out there and I don't think it's wrong to do that but there was this interest that it was like well yeah I guess we'll do that now and then we did it it sold out in like 24 hours or something we did Mm. two in a night and they sold out so fast wow so then we're like oh we should do more so we kept doing more and people kept signing up and then when I would post about the workshops on Instagram there were so many people that were following from other states and other places and they would say, please put this online, please put this online, you know, just take a video of it so we can do it. We really want to do it. And we actually had people that would fly in from California that would fly in from Utah, like so sweet to come to it. I was like blown away. I was blown away. And because of the request and interest in an online course, it took me a while, but finally, um, like when I started teaching most of those workshops, I was like in September and October of 2015, and I didn't release the first online course until May of 2016. Um, that actually thinking, seems oh, like a short people... t- turnaround to me. Really? Yeah. Like longer than six months? <laughs> no, that's like, that's really impressive because that's, that's not easy to create no at all no it was it was not it was a lot of work but it um was really fun and I thought there's no way everyone's gonna wait this long it's taking forever but they did they were Mm. they just were so excited and um we had the most incredible response and so then everyone was asking for the lettering courses so then we created those and 
And then um, I felt really inspired to create a notebook, uh, like a lettering workbook Uh called the Creative Lettering Journal that was all based on gratitude. And it included um, coloring pages and journaling pages and, of course, all the lettering instruction and the the tracing, you know, lettering guide sheets too. Um, And I just started feeling, you know, like drawn to do these different things. And, uh, and before I knew it, I had this business and it Mm. took me so long to admit that it was a business Yeah, (laughs) um, because I just never thought I wanted one. It was a business I never knew I wanted. Um, And it was like this rolling ball that I felt like I was just chasing and it was really fun. Yeah. But at one point, you know, I kind of was like, okay, I guess I need, if I'm going to, if this actually is a business, which it was, um, I guess I should stop and think about it. And what, you know, how do I really want to do this and mm. be more intentional instead of kind of just chasing this thing that was so awesome, but it was just kind of going and maybe got a little bit bigger, not bigger, but um, maybe it was going a little faster than I wanted or yeah. that I just needed to kind of slow it down and make sure yeah and just make sure that I wasn't I mean for a long time I was doing kind of whatever people wanted like Mm. wedding signs or logos or you know kind of all over the place and and I don't regret doing any of that because it really helped me to figure out what I loved the most which was creating content to help people use lettering in the way that helped me which was that it helped me so much with my mental health and with feeling centered and living intentionally and with joy and that is what I wanted to do for other people and so that's what I've tried to do through the courses through um, the creative lettering journal and then this fall I'm coming out with a new workbook called the guide to mindful lettering which teaches people how to use lettering in a mindful way it has affirmations it kind of describes how to focus on the movements as a meditative practice and just kind of really trying to share like what it's done for me and share that with other people, whether they deal with any depression or anxiety or whether they're just human and want yeah. to have a happier life where they feel like they're able to manage their mind a little bit better. Oh, you so, give yeah. me so <laughs> much to, to think about and also to talk about with you. First, I wanted to say there's something to that trickle down effect. You know, when you do, when you do something anyway, despite the fear and the doubt, like you did that first, yes, you, you gave to somebody, it, it trickled mm-hmm. down to so many yes. amazing things. When you do something anyway, it grows and I yes. love how it took you somewhere that you didn't expect, but that you are so fulfilled by. And I wanted to know, why do you think people are so drawn to lettering instead of just buying prints, which is the easier way to get, you know, the, the quote they loved seeing you do um, mm-hmm. and have, you know, why, why are they drawn to that practice? I think that we like I said before, that we were created to create and that whether we really realize it or not, we find joy in creating and people love learning and progressing and creating something that they can, you know, hold and see. And it's so meaningful for them. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, you just said the word I wrote down in capital letters, meaningful. (laughs) And I think that's why people are drawn to you specifically, Lisa, and what you do, because of this meaning that you put behind your art and behind what you teach people. Um, You've centered around something of such substance that I think people are drawn to that and they want to create that substance as well. So, um... I was hoping we could get into that a little bit more. You've brought up mental health, how this has been a meditative practice for you, how it has been healing um, in many ways. And you you talked about battling depression and anxiety throughout your life, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So when, uh, I mean, when did that begin for you? When did you notice that this was something that was a part of a maybe daily or yearly or whatever struggle for you? I I knew that there was, in high school, now looking back, I can for sure see how I felt this way in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I didn't know what was happening. I just thought, I don't, I kind of thought everyone felt the same way. I don't know. I just, yeah. I just often had a hard time snapping out of, you know, if I started feeling really frustrated or kind of just like, I just would feel stuck in a feeling and, um, and it was just so hard to shake it mm-hmm. and uh, just irrational thoughts. And I mean, I was a teenager, I was emotional and, you know, a lot of it may have had to do with that as well, but it was definitely more than other people around me. Um, and I can see that now for sure. Yeah. And then as I went to college and, um, you know, I, I started to really notice like I would have periods and it was, oh, I mean, always triggered by an event Um, but I would, you know, most always I could see kind of an event and that's what's tricky sometimes is that you'll say, oh, well, of course I'm feeling sad because this just happened, but then you can't snap out of it for weeks and weeks and weeks Mm -hmm. and it's affecting your ability to enjoy your regular activities and it's affecting your ability to be happy and to look forward with excitement to the rest of your life instead of feeling like, nothing will ever be good again. You are a terrible person. You can't Mm -hmm. handle life. You, um, you, you know, you tell yourself all of these things and then you spiral and, and I would try to get help a few times, you know, and, and it didn't really click. Um, I remember I went to the student health center and, you know, well-meaning people, (laughs) but they, they gave me some answers that, Still to this day, like I know that they were inaccurate, and mm. so at the time I knew they didn't feel right because they weren't right. It wasn't like I just didn't want to hear it. Well, partly I didn't want to hear it, but um, and then you know, so I I would like kind of start to get help, and then you start feeling better, and so you say, "Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, okay, I, I'm I'm good," and so then you're good for a while until you're not until you're not good anymore, yeah. and. And I think that that's the case for so many people. They think, oh, you know, this is so hard. I'm really struggling. I don't feel like myself. I feel like 
I'm feeling either sad all the time or I'm getting really upset all the time. Like I'm snapping at my husband or at my kids more than I want to be or more than I used to, or I just don't feel right. And maybe I should do something. And then you say, Oh, but you know what? You have a good day, a semi good day and think, you know what? I I think I'm okay. I'm I'm going to feel better. Looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just get help? Even if I felt awesome going to, you know, making the effort when you're feeling a little bit better to find a great therapist is way easier to do than when you're like at the bottom of the bottom yeah. of the barrel. Absolutely. Um, and so I would say to anyone who is feeling like something might not right, quite be right, but then they think they are starting to feel better, just do it. That's it, when you go to <laughs> It's the best. Yes. Yeah. So at some point, so, so then in college, I knew that there was something kind of like that I struggled with, even though I didn't really totally name it or mm. identify completely with it. And then after college, when I moved to Santa Monica, I lived there um, and it really got bad. Um, I had a hard time getting out of bed, had a hard time going to work, yeah. was so not myself, lost, like lost my fire, lost my light. Like I just mm. felt it. It was, I didn't, I wasn't eating a lot. Um, I didn't realize it at the time. I like lost 40 pounds without trying. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, it was scary. And I remember feeling my pants like so loose and falling down off, you know, and thinking, huh. okay, this is scary. Like I'm not trying to lose weight and it's just happening. Um, so I knew something was really wrong. At, not wrong, but something that was really going on at that point and finally got real help mm. okay. and ended up going to therapy at that point. Um and I'm just like the biggest advocate of therapy of all time. Yeah. I mean, I went every week for three years and she had to graduate me because I would have kept going. Yeah. <laughs> she was finally like, okay, I think you're good. And we're just kind of having girl talk now, but I <laughs> loved it. She's the best. I will forever love her. And I still call her sometimes. That's I great. do. She's awesome. But that was a huge life-changing moment. That was the same time that I went on medication and just finally said, wow, I actually would rather feel good. I would actually Mm -hmm. rather take care of myself and I don't care about any stigmas and I don't care what anyone thinks because they're not living my life. They're not the one stuck in bed. They're not the one that doesn't enjoy what they're doing anymore. I am. So who cares what they think? I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and it was really a huge turning point for me. And, um, yeah. And then as I continued on, that was a really good period for a long time until I started having babies. And then my hormones, you know, yeah. kind of went out of control. <laughs> and yeah. I, over the next, you know, I had three babies in four years. And, um, yeah. and my hormones were kind of all over the place and um, different different things then you know I mentioned my brother passed away I had a lot of things going on and um and then some other just I knew that there were some other you know biological biochemical issues that were at the at the base of some of this and um I've been able to figure some of that out and I have worked really 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 hard to take care of myself and Mm. you know I've been to you know natural health people. I've done, um, you know, I've done yoga, I've done oils, I've done therapy, I've been to doctors, I've been to psychiatrists, I've, you know, I ended up 
flying to Chicago to see some specialists who kind of try to get to the root of the biochemical issues of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And there was able to find some incredible help that has been amazing. And then once I got to a point where I felt stable because of those supplements and help, then I was able to do more mind work and learn more about Mm -hmm. how to manage my mind and how my thoughts create my feelings. And I can really do more. When I was not feeling good, you couldn't tell me any of that. I would have been like, Think, no, thank you. Like, choose Our to be steps. happy? Yes, I would love to choose to be happy. Thank you for reminding me that I don't feel like Just I can choose, choose that. <laughs> You're so, so stuck in the mud. And yeah. if anyone ever feels that way, like, I get it. And so mm-hmm. it's been kind of tricky for me to want to share some of the thought work and, like, learning how to manage my emotions and my mind. Yeah. Um Sometimes it's tricky for me to want to share that because I always give this disclaimer of if you're in a place where you're not feeling like you can choose anything and where you're not feeling like you can do this work, like I have been there for so much of my life and I love you and it's going to be okay. Mm. And these are some other things that you can say and do and um, to try to get to the point where you can manage it and work on it a little bit, but it's okay if you're not. Um, Anyway, so because of all that, I kind of did get to a point this past year where I've just been doing some incredible work learning about how to kind of really get in there and understand what's going on in that little mind of mine that's been so tricky to me over the years. And it's been life-changing, 100% life-changing. I've never been as happy in my entire life as I am right now. Oh, that's so fantastic, Lisa. And, you know, it's just, it's a miracle. Yeah, it is. For anyone who's known me, they have been through, I mean, it's been bad. Okay. It's been Mm. ugly. It's been scary, scary, dark, terrible, Mm. tons of anxiety, tons of depression. I had it all. And it, for me to tell you that it is truly a miracle from God. Like it truly is. Well, and I like that you highlighted there are steps. You know, there are levels that that takes, and I see that very much in my own past as well. I mean, getting a good therapist, a good doctor on your side, uh, primarily, I think, uh, is, you know, the foundation to everything else. Yes. Um, Yes. So you have mentioned this thought work that that you've done also with other things that have helped you. Um, What practices... In, do you incorporate into your life both, you know, with self-care practices or mental um, practices that have been especially helpful as you've had that solid foundation built first? Mm-hmm. So one thing that I do is I try when I can do some preventative work, when I can look at my day and think about the things I'm going to encounter, I truly believe that our thoughts, whatever thoughts we're having, create our feelings, create our experience. And so if I want to adjust, and it seems so basic, but for me, it's been huge. Um, So if I want to adjust the way that I'm feeling about something, then I am going to think about how I want to think about it. Because the natural way that my brain just takes over and gets in the driver's seat and takes me on a ride, like, (laughs) I'm like, no, thank you. I don't necessarily, like, I don't actually know if I believe everything that I think anymore. And that's okay. And it's so liberating, but most of us don't stop to think that what we're thinking might not be right or that we get to choose if we want to believe it or not. Now, again, if you're feeling like you're totally like just hanging on by a thread, you can't 
you don't feel that you can do this. So, um, so just have to put that out there because I just have so much love for those people who Mm -hmm. are at the, that stuck, that stuck point that I was at for so many years. Um, and so for me, when I can, or if I start to have a feeling that I really don't like, and I just, my practice is to sit down, do a thought download and really try to get back to what thought is causing the feeling and say, okay, Mm. hold on. I don't, actually have to feel that way when I have a different thought about that. I don't try to necessarily change the thought, but maybe choose a different one that I know I also believe. It has to be something that I can believe. I if like I that. if it's something like outrageous, I can't I can't get there. Yeah. Um but then I can I can look at it and say, hold on. This is something like you know, and trying to really focus on being present and I never knew how to like really internalize what that meant. Um, people are always like, be present, be where you are. But I realized that when we aren't, it's because I'm, I was always thinking about how excited I was about something in the future or always thinking about, you know, maybe something in the past that I loved or something that recently happened that I felt nervous about or anxious about or, you know, do, should I regret doing that or would this have been better? And, oh my gosh, my, my brain just loves to overanalyze, overthink. Yeah. It goes a million miles a minute. And it's like, and I always thought, you know, it's, it's, it is, it has served me well in some ways, this kind of brain that never stops, but it really has gotten me into a lot of trouble too. So we are when the I can say, there. I totally yes, get what you mean. hundred yes. percent. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know what? It actually is okay get for off me the to train. learn how to get off that crazy ride where I'm not in the driver's seat and say, hold on, I'm actually going to just truly be present and have all my thoughts based in the present moment and believe that this is the best moment and not believe any lie that the future would be better or that that the past was better and believe that this is, this is my moment. This is, this is as good as it gets. This is wonderful. So you've mentioned mindfulness on your feed, um, meditation, even just this practice of lettering as a form of meditation, which I, I love that. I, I um, learned about running as a form of meditation, and that was something I related to as well. Um, you know, for someone who is, I'm, I'm a beginner learning, trying to learn how to meditate. Uh, I like that we can see there's different ways to do it. What's been helpful for you? I, for me, um, as I mentioned before, I have three little kids and I have at times been more regular about doing like a more traditional meditative approach. And I've used, you know, apps like, um, calm or Mm -hmm. headspace. Um, those are wonderful. Sometimes my kids will stop and do it with me, which is great. And I, you know, they say find a quiet place and I can, you know, normally can't ever find a quiet place, but I believe that. (laughs) however you can do it, it's better to do it. And so if my kids are coming and sitting on my lap or they're kind of climbing on me, I try to just allow that to be part of it and say, okay, this is, these are my kids. And, you know, she's sitting on my lap right now. And, you know, and just being aware of what's happening without judging it. Um, And then a lot of it, because I don't always have, or I don't always choose to do it that way. A lot of it for me is, um, being meditative and mindful of just the, whatever I'm doing. So yeah, I'm washing the, the dishes and I'm feeling the water and I'm not thinking about anything except 
for just feeling the water and um and and whatever I'm doing just being mindful about that exact thing and it sounds a little cheesy but when I allow myself to like I kind of am addicted to thinking I know I'm sorry I've talked about this so many times but I kind of have an addiction like that my mind like gives me these like happy drugs every time I like overthink it's mm. like I get a little high from it in mm-hmm. some ways I know it sounds kind of weird no I, so it's I get it. kind of hard for me to pull away from that and mm-hmm. believe that it could be better not thinking so much <laughs> yeah. but um but when I do allow myself to truly like focus on like my hand you know turning the doorknob or sitting down and what it, what my body feels like and getting out of my head and more into my soul and into my body and connecting with my spirit. It's like, I don't know. I can't really totally explain, but I feel like there's joy in breathing. Like there's joy in like feeling my body, like being alive. Like there's joy in like seeing beautiful colors and, and looking at my children. And I just, I'm able to get down to those like basic parts of being a human that really are so joyful and we miss it. We miss it yeah, all the time because oh. we're, we're overthinking. We're thinking about the future. We're worrying about the past. We're worrying about someone thinks about us. We're worrying about, you know, if someone's judging us or what we should be doing or if we're going to be successful or if people are going to think this or whatever. And so just, like truly finding the joy and just being alive. Mm. Uh, and you know, I love that you've also been open about this. And I was curious, was that something, um, is this a recent development for you to be open about the mental health struggles you faced? Or has this been something that uh, you you did your best to remove the shame from it uh, early on? You know, I wasn't always as open I mean, I remember when I was dating my husband, I do feel really blessed. Like I got married when I was 20, almost 27, um, which is not old, but in my little culture, it felt (laughs) old. Um, And um, one blessing from that was that I had been to therapy for years before that. I did understand so much about myself that I was able to share with him, you know, full disclosure, full disclosure before you choose this. (laughs) That's our joke now. Um, But... I, but I do remember being nervous about telling you. It's not like everybody I knew mm. at that point knew because yeah. um, I was just dealing with it and figuring it out. Now, um, like in my ward here, it's something that like when I, or in my, when I go to church here, it's something that, you know, if I'm teaching a lesson or whatever, I mention it almost every time. It's just something that is so important for me to have people not feel alone mm-hmm. and to know that um, other people that might seem normal I don't know if I seem normal but um but that they struggle with this and that it can be scary and hard and and you know even when I'm in the midst of it if you know I had that really tough period of this like really really intense anxiety I'd go to church and people would say you know how are you doing and I'd start bawling and saying Mm. not okay you know and I just went and I was just open and it was raw and it was vulnerable and I was just met with so much love and acceptance. And I feel so close to so many people because they yes. have been there for me during those times. And I've been able to actually help a lot of people who know how open I am and they're 
you know, feel comfortable coming and sharing with me and asking for resources. And, and it's like, if I can help one person and that's how I feel with my Instagram feed or whatever, if I can help one person to not feel alone, if I can help one person to know that they're okay and normal and that this is not, they're not choosing this and that there is hope. Like that's all, that's all, that's as good as that's like the best. Lisa, this whole interview has just been so interesting and insightful, empowering. I mean, all the adjectives there. I I want to ask you a final question, but before I do, can you direct people where to find you both on Instagram and your website with the, the courses that you offer there, as well as the workbooks that you mentioned? Yes. So I am mostly on Instagram at, it's at hand lettered design. And then my website is handletteredesign.com and uh, every Monday recently I've been doing Mental Health Monday I do a live Instagram video about my mental health journey things that have helped me um, and try to start a conversation over there Um, I talk about how lettering has helped me too but I also just want people to be able to come and feel you know understood and also share ideas, not just me, but share ideas of what's helpful and how we can just encourage each other and help people know that they're not alone. So that's where um, you can, that's where you can find me. Yeah. And I love this series so much. I think you're just doing such important work and I'm grateful for your courage in sharing the depth and the substance, you know, that so often is missing online and you're doing Mm -hmm. it differently and it's powerful and it's, and it's attracting so many people too. And I love to see that happen. It gives me some hope (laughs) uh, in humanity. You're doing it. You're doing amazing. Well, Well, let's ask you this final question. And I, I like to ask it to each guest. It's what have you learned about yourself the past few years? I have learned that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And I think that being human, we are we crave um we crave attention, we crave praise, we crave um validation. And for me to learn that if I can center myself and center my self-worth, which is something that I talk about, that I can let go of needing to feel like anyone, even my husband, you know, thinks what I'm doing is like, did I do a good job today? Did do you, was I productive enough? Did I do enough? Um, and letting go of what anyone else thinks does she do this? Is she successful? Um, but when I can truly, like when I've been able to truly center myself, that's when I can forget myself. That's when I can say, this isn't about me and I can serve and just focus on loving others. And, and it's the biggest reward and the most fulfilling and the most life giving. And, and it, I truly believe that God has, a plan for me and for everyone and that it's not just to make us feel good, but because we can feel good being related to him and being on his errand. And for me feeling like it's not about me is the most freeing, liberating, wonderful thing that I've learned about myself. 
Oh, Lisa, this was just exactly what I needed today, and I know it's going to help so many other people as well. Thank you for sharing and for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Monica. I'm sure you could tell throughout the interview what a big fan I am of Lisa and what she talks about. Uh, She mentioned this book she was coming out with. It's called The Guide to Mindful Lettering, and you can find it at handletteredesign.com slash guide to mindful lettering. Lisa says it teaches the how-to of brush lettering, as well as how to approach lettering in a mindful and meaningful way. The first section is instruction, and then the larger portion of the book has 50 affirmations to trace, ponder, and apply. Lisa's hope is that it can be a creative outlet so many women are looking for and at the same time help them to live an intentional life they love. Lisa, I am so impressed with how you have used your passion for lettering to do more good in people's lives. And I hope we can learn that from her. It doesn't matter what our talents are. We can use them to promote goodness in our own lives and then the lives of others. And it does matter. Just even trying to be creative can make a big difference in our lives. Now, friends, I have been promising you a special episode to celebrate our year anniversary of the podcast, which was actually a few weeks ago, and I would love to do that for you soon. I'm just struggling with scheduling here. I have a lot of good interviews that I don't want these people to wait longer to have their interview aired. And I'm also struggling with um, keeping up in my own life. As many of you know, we are expecting our fourth child, most likely at the end of January. And we're also in the middle of trying to do our kitchen ourselves. So it's just been a lot. But But I still want to do that episode for you. And I think what I'm going to do is to just record it and just to let it flow and to air it unedited. So that way it actually comes out. So if you can bear with me, I will be getting that out to you to give you kind of a state of the podcast address of sorts um, and to share my thoughts on the podcast and how it's going and where I see it going. I can't thank you enough for your support. You guys, I need it. Every comment that you give to me on social media, every email that you send, every message, it matters and it keeps me going. And even more than that, I love when I see you sharing it and when you leave reviews as well. That really is a way for me to have a touchable way of showing the influence this podcast is having. If you can do me a favor and share it, I don't care if that's one-on-one with your friends or online. It doesn't matter. Just share it. And if you do share it online, tag me at About Progress because I would love to get to know you better. This is a community. It's not a fan club just keep remembering that let's let's be in this together i'll have another great interview for you next wednesday and hopefully a state of the podcast address in the meantime and until then take care of yourself seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.